0: Can walking be a spiritual practice? It's not a silly question. Put on your walking shoes, grab your earphones and join me, Carly Thompson, for a little spiritual soul timeout as we talk about walking as a spiritual practice. I'm a walker. I am not a runner. So if you see me running, you better start running too because something is not right. (laughs) I love walking. I wish I walked more regularly, but my self-compassion talk tells me to just be grateful for when I get the spare time to. I walk on my own or with a friend or with family. I have loved walking with my family ever since I was a little girl. We'd go on bush walks or beach walks or even on family holidays with the rest of the larger family, the extended family. We'd go for these beach walks after dinner, uh, in the summer at a place called Mainbar where the, the tides would go all the way back out to the ocean. So there was just this massive amount of beautiful beach to run and play on as we'd finish off those last morsels of fresh fish that we've caught from that day, barbecued and delicious, dusk would set in and we'd know it was time to go for a walk. We'd head out barefoot, mozzie spray on and many feet walking across a vast space of sand. We'd catch wheel, we'd catch march crabs and talk. I'd learn funny things from my nana about my mum as a child, and I'd hear their wisdom of my nan and my aunties and my mother as they chatted the real-life stuff. Some stuff I understood, some went over my head. I'd hear my dad and my uncles and my pop jest and play with us, and it was so good. So I have a deeply embedded love and joy associated around walking. And I do the same with my own boys now. I am a boy mum. I have three boys, one in high school, two still in primary school. And I love to take them for walks. I mostly go along our lake. Sometimes they scooter, sometimes they ride bikes, but mostly they walk with me. I find it's a time to explore and notice the little things. We practice mindfulness and paying attention. We play games. Sometimes they come with their army gear ready and backpacks on. And we listen and we talk. And I love it. But I've noticed that walking isn't just about the walk. It's about the company, be it the family or friends or Jesus. It's a space to sort out my thoughts with Jesus take captive any thoughts that are not truth. It's a space to bring my soul health, healing and wellness, to be mindful in creation, to ground myself in the here and now and be grateful. But it's also physical health, fitness, strength, endurance, endorphins and mental health. And sometimes I walk with an urge to pray over things out of my control. So I'll walk and I'll pray. I'm noticing this more and more as a spiritual practice. A spiritual practice can be defined as any regular and intentional activity that establishes, develops and nourishes a personal relationship with Jesus in which we allow ourselves to be transformed. Over and over again in the Bible, we see walking as a spiritual practice. In Genesis 3.8, God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. In Genesis 5.22, Enoch walked with God. In Genesis six nine, Noah walked with God. Micah 6.8, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And 1 John 2 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Now, these are just a few verses from the Bible that talk about the walk. But there is one story I would like to focus in on today. And this is the one where walking with Jesus transformed the thinking of his disciples, and it's found in Luke 24. The context of this passage takes place after Jesus has died on the cross. It starts in verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered him and said, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, These things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken! Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened to them on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of of bread in that simple act of breaking the bread they realized that jesus was with them walking alongside them and perhaps in the walking taking some time to reframe the way that they saw what had happened over the last few days these disciples were so focused on all that didn't go the way they thought it should they needed a walk and talk with Jesus so that they could see the truth was unfolding before them. Is what they realized later a reframing of the scriptures? A reframing of truth? How often have my own thoughts run wild with, why didn't this go the way I thought it would, Lord? How many times have I believed something about myself or my circumstances that when reframed by Jesus transformed the way I saw things? I have been on this lifelong journey with Jesus of transformation, and Jesus has reframed so many of my truths that have literally changed my life. But I'm still walking. I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes and growing and clinging to Jesus and walking with Him and asking Him to re my thinking, help me to see things as He does. I'm still asking Holy Spirit to reveal deep beliefs that drive my life decisions and to reframe those beliefs with His Word. Walking as a spiritual practice holds space for Jesus to reframe my thinking. Now, you can choose what you will believe. You can continue to keep living life and making decisions without a second thought. And perhaps you've got a lot of wisdom and experience around all of that. But how much more powerful is it if you take time to walk with Jesus, to invite Him into those thinking spaces of your life and see what He has to say? Perhaps there are truths, perhaps there is some wisdom or guidance that He wants to reframe for you. I like how Dr. Zeus puts this. He says, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. I don't know about you, but I can easily steer myself in the wrong direction if I'm not taking my time to walk with Jesus and ask for his guidance. This is what the Bible says in Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. If you continue on in that scripture, the last little sentence says, but you said, we will not walk in it. And that's just a little reflection there that delves into how um, the Israelites did not follow the Lord and, you know, ended up in the wilderness for even longer and walking around and around in circles. And I don't want to walk around and around in circles. I want to keep moving forward. I want my walking with Jesus to be purposeful and growth-filled and life-changing. <laughs> you get to choose to walk with Jesus, to let Him reframe your thinking. Perhaps your soul is restless in this season. Do you need to hold some space for a walk with Jesus today? Perhaps walking isn't your spiritual practice. Maybe it's tending to your garden and meeting Jesus there or surfing in the ocean or attending a Bible study What practices do you have that establishes and develops and nourishes a personal relationship with Jesus? Thanks for joining me for episode 13 of It's Not a Silly Question, a spiritual soul time out for teachers. If you enjoyed today's episode, can I please encourage you to leave a review? I've had some beautiful feedback from people. Let me just take a moment to read a couple of things. Now, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I think it's serapium or Serapium-E. But thank you for your comment. You said, loving all these episodes, Carly. I have found that these are not just for teachers. Episodes full of great advice, practical wisdom, truths and stories of faith and spiritual values and mindset for my personal and professional life. You speak insightfully and I hear so much care and help in the way you ask lost for questions. I love how you create and cultivate focused and thought-provoking questions that are most certainly not silly. Your work and you are a gift, you faithful human and wonderful encourager. Thank you so much for your encouragement. It's people like you are the reason why I want to keep doing this thing and seeing... The landscape of teachers' internal lives changed for good, prepared so well inside that we can put in good, strong, healthy boundaries, but also be the best teachers and humans that we can be. If you would like to send me an email, you can at carly at carlythompson.com. You can send me a direct message through my Instagram account at carlythompson underscore teach. Please feel free to share this episode with friends and family that you know will benefit from it. Remember, walking is a spiritual practice if you walk with Jesus. Take some time today, tomorrow, or sometime this week, to put it into your diary where you're going to go for an intentional walk and talk, that you're going to invite Jesus into the conversation the decisions, the things that are on your to-do list. Invite Jesus to walk with you today. Allow me to leave you with this quote from Dr. Alicia Britt Scholle in her book, Anonymous, Jesus's Hidden Years and Yours, about Jesus's walk. Jesus appears to have walked unstressed and unhurried. His peaceful pace seems to imply that he measured himself not by where he was going and how fast he could get there, but by whom he was following and how closely they walked together.